Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I'm with my guys, Matt Welty. Hey, everyone. I'm here from a technically compromised situation, but we're still shooting the podcast. We're getting through it. And my guy, Brendan Dunn, how we doing? Live from the eye of the storm. Yes, we are. Guys, for the audience, we are in the eye of the storm right now. It's raining. There's a lot of wind in the background. Welty, we had to do some... We had to pivot on some technical stuff. He's got, he's got I, w- I want to paint the picture. He has a string in two cups. So exactly. He's got one cup in his apartment in Jersey, and then the string goes all the way to my apartment in Brooklyn, and I have a cup here, and then I have another string, and it goes to Joe's apartment uh, elsewhere in Brooklyn, and he's got a cup. So it, it, it works. Literally, like, 40 minutes before we're going to shoot the, shoot the podcast, all of a sudden the lights go off in my apartment, and I shoot this guy's message saying, uh-oh. <laughs> And currently, Welty has the same internet connection that the worst contestants on the verses when you do the IG. When, when, the, when the verses do the battle, the, the song battles, take the worst one, and that's the same internet Welty has right now. So that's what we're dealing with. I got the Teddy Riley hookup over here. Yeah, he's back on the Bin Laden bandwidth. You okay, well, you look like you're an 8-bit, but uh, we're going to make it through another week. Let's just kick it off. Oh, JLP. Kicking it off with Joe pulling out a pair of sneakers. What do you have there, Joe? We spoke about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. PG Knows was selling the G6s from 2003, I believe, G-Unit. White and red colorway signed by Young Buck, Banks, 50 Cent, Shaw Money XL, G-Unit. And they were going for a lot of money. I heard they were going for like $4,000, the bids. My co-host, Matt Welty... He's the the podcast Scott Boris. Matt Welty brokered this deal, and I am now the owner of the signed G-Unit G6s. What the hell is Scott Boris? He's a high-powered baseball agent. Good mantelpiece, Joe. Talk, talked it down to a, to a reason. I don't want to put the figure out there, but... Don't put the price. Don't put the price, but you basically had put a number out there saying, in your mind, that they were worth this amount of money... Uh, another offer came back. Ironically, with a pair of sneakers maybe being thrown in the mix, you didn't want to give a pair of sneakers. You just wanted to pay cash. We got we talked the number down to the right amount, and Joe now has signed G Unit sneakers to put on his mantelpiece next to your uh, Fifty Cent and uh, Eminem poster. Right? Absolutely. It's uh, something where I'm going to cherish, and it's a good thing to have. I'm very excited to, to have it, and. Who would have thought? I thought I was out of the running, and then 
you know, friend of a friend happens and, and, and here we are. Can we talk about your other attempted sneaker acquisition? Is the Ben and Jerry's thing going okay? You ruined the box. Can we talk about that? That money sent, by the way. That's confirmed as well. That's a done deal. It's a done deal. That's two two deals for PG Nose. And you and the the, the water damage yeah, on there the was water SB damage chunky dunky box, and you had to yes. replace the packaging, and you upgraded. Is that right? Yeah. So four boxes got ruined. One was the Black Supreme Air Force One box, Flint Thirteens. Which Black Supreme Air Force Ones? The ones, the the regular ones. The triple the black box logo. Yeah, gotcha. triple black. Black Cat Fours, which was okay because I already undes one, so I just replaced. But okay. the big L was a Ben and Jerry's Nike SB box got ruined by the water. And I was going to buy a cheap dunk SB. Like I thought I could go on, not active, obviously, because they active warehouse, they, they shut down. But I thought maybe I could go online. But just get like a GR pair and just from like a skate shop yeah. and just swap it out. Exactly. You can't find Dunk SBs online anymore unless it's consignment. Like, I, you don't, I, I didn't know that. What a world we're living in. The pendulum has swung all the way back. The new, like, colorful boxes, you can't find them. So then I'm um, closing up the deal with PG Nose for the G units. And two hours later, he posts the friends and family packaging of the Ben and Jerry's. And I told PG about this. Because I consulted with him. I was like, how much is this going to take off the value? Granted, I don't resell sneakers. Yeah. But he was like, oh, a few hundred or whatever. Then he posts the friends and family packaging. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you just tell me about this? So I bought those. Those are coming from overseas. And PG's the middleman. But yeah, so so it's been some good some good business. So everything is fine in Joe LaPuma world. Wealthy, wealthy has no internet. I'm trying to get my sleep schedule right. I need a new place to live. But Joe LaPuma is sitting pretty. Yeah, Joe LaPuma upgraded his Ben & Jerry's to like a $6,000 pair with a, with a small purchase or something like that. Yeah, so PG goes a couple hundred and then you just added at least $1,000. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, with the packaging, they're worth. Now, again, I don't sell sneakers but no plans to no plans to if it ever comes down the pike hey listen if the podcast falls off a cliff then (laughs) desperate times uh what else is going on the good thing about this storm if there is a good thing i heard it's only gonna last a few hours yeah i had it went off and then it flickered and then it came back and i was like false alarm guys i got my internet back and then between the ac the internet You've had a rough couple weeks with the technical difficulties, and you're the only one who bought the complex suggested hotspot, and it still has not proved. And who called BS on it? I called BS on it when the. Oh no! 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 Let the record. I did not buy that hotspot. That hotspot was gifted to me. I don't think Wealthy has paid for internet in the past ten years. Hopefully, we make it through. Who did? Who did we shoot on full size room this week? I'm like that, like far out of the. Daniel Cormier. Oh, how was he? It was a treat. I love Cormier. Did he talk about the magazine he used to get his sneakers from? Finger Hut. Yes. Yep. That was uh, that was another barn burner as Brendan Dunn coming back from vacation. Cutting it close. Made it in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. But DC had a hard out for his uh, fight training. So we like literally. When's that fight? That fight is the 15th versus Stipe. Are we watching it? Yes. Who's who you got your money on? Again, I, we, it's been well documented. I don't know anything about this stuff. Cormier. Yeah? I'm a, I'm a Stipe guy. Welty is a Stipe guy. I've always gone for Stipe. It's not like... Did he keep that same energy and tell him or no? I can't recall. I don't think there was... Uh, we mentioned the fight. It wasn't... I'm, I mean, I'm a DC guy. It's just... 
when it comes to that. I'm, well, are you a DC guy or are you a, a Stipe guy? I'm getting mixed messages. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flip flopping. You can like both people. You know what I mean. But in in, in mixed the... and scrambled like the signal on your Wi-Fi right now. Whoa. He was good, Joe. DC. Great guy. Decent dude to be around. You know. Also, you know what I did notice. Tell me. You fly out of Portland. You know who flew into Portland? Who? Air Drake flew right into Portland. You saw that online? No. They caught the Virgil Abloh designed Drake airplane landing in in Portland. It was at the you know probably a huh. private private hangar. Headed out to Beaverton, you think, to work on the uh, NSW campaign? I I think so. You know who commented? He's working on his Nike project. Uh, Kareem from Zen. Mm. Uh. So the one of the hot button things that we were talking about yesterday was the the possibility of the Supreme Jordan one. Oh, yeah. How do we feel about those? I don't need it. I think it's I think it's tough to take a collaboration that was like that important at one time and then just kind of repackage it. Right. Especially as a Jordan. I mean, Supreme's been doing Jordan collaborations that aren't connected to their dunk history necessarily. And they've been fine say for the 14, I guess. So I don't I don't think you need to do that. I think Supreme should execute a new idea on the silhouette. Do you guys remember around the time that the Supreme Jordan 5s came out, there was that fake Supreme Jordan 1 that was floating around and a decent number of blog sites, probably including our Reported own. Reported on it? Picked it up and yeah. Brendan, which one was it again? It had the subtext across it, just like the 5s did. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah, I don't know. The Supreme Jordan 1s, it's tough to know the history of that dunk and then see those. A little bit. Do you have the dunks, Joe? I don't have the dunks, no. But I think like anything, they'll probably grow on people. And people were going crazy over those. You know who I want to get on sneaker shopping when um it comes back? Style Bender. Oh, yeah? Israel Adesanya? Yes. I'm sorry to say I don't know who that is. I know. Anytime sports comes up, you, you kind of take a back seat. But that's okay. Because... When Dungeons and Dragons uh, comes up, I take a back seat. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of the way, you let me have my space. Duality, baby. To spit flames. The the one the one thing that we've been having a big discussion about in in the Slack this week is Brendan's kind of pitched or talked about the return of baseball cards or trading cards. Is that a pun? Pitch? No pun. What's up with that? I, I've seen kind of like the re-release, but are they the actual authentic cards or their reinterpretations of them? I don't know anything about the cards market unless, of course, we're talking magic cards, which if that's the case, then again, get out of the way and let me do my thing. Our guest today actually has been involved in the reemergence of cards. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the stuff I've seen is not necessarily baseball cards specifically, a lot of basketball cards, but just a lot of the young bot reseller type kids that i follow on twitter it seems like every other day they're cracking open packs looking for holographic zions or whatever and we were discussing in slack the viability of that market i I don't want to invest in the card market again unless we're talking magic yeah because i just don't know anything about that i am going to unload some old magic cards this week so if you need uh, you know zendikar fetch lands hop in the dms we got a full play set of everything um you know near mint Okay. I collected cards when I was younger. My What type of decks? What? A blue black control or like white No tops, or... upper deck, baseball sports. Jund. I have no idea. Actual cards. I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh my most valuable card was an Ozzy Smith rookie card. And my I got it in a box. My dad used to work with someone who was like, Hey, I have all these baseball cards. I know your son collects cards when I was real little. Gave me a box and an Ozzy Smith rookie card. 
was in there. Like, and, and it was, wasn't worth that much, but it was worth like a few hundred at the time. The other thing. What'd you do with it? I, I think I still, oh, I don't know where it is, but I have cards. Because you can do the cards on StockX. Yeah, now. I have cards somewhere. The other. Not the magic. Card. The other one for Christmas, that was a big one that like dropped in value. One year I asked for a Don Mattingly rookie card, like when he was on the Yankees. And that was like the big gift for Christmas. And then the other quick story is I had a gerbil growing up and his name was Ralph. His, his name, this is a true story. His name was Ralph. Okay. And he, he died. Rest in and peace I, to Ralph. To homage him, I buried my favorite card at the time, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card with Ralph. And that's a true story. That's, listen, <laughs> that's, so. Is, is, that, is that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card worth a lot now? Any chance we should be digging it up? Not really, but at the time it was my favorite. So listen, there's a lot going on. Even even the conversations that we just had took a lot of t- <laughs> a lot of turns, <laughs> storming outside. But let's get to this week's guest because man, it's a uh, it's a big one. Our guest on today's episode has been in the street culture, sneaker, and jewelry space for over 30 years. He cut his teeth in the music industry back in 1993, where he linked up with fame producer Dr. Dre, who gave him a job working at Priority Records. It might have been that first big break that laid the foundation for a successful career in all things popular culture, and although his resume boasts a lot more impressive titles than sneaker collector, collaborator, and influencer, his history in footwear runs deeper than most. He has dipped in and out of the sneaker game through decades of becoming an entrepreneur and jeweler to the stars like Kanye West, Drake, Tyler the Creator, Snoop Dogg, Kid Cudi, ASAP Rocky, and more. But before that, he had amassed a collection of over 1,800 pairs and at one time held the record for the most expensive sneaker collection ever sold on eBay. The title OG is often thrown around in sneaker culture, but our guest has been there from the original Chicago ones to the Dior ones and everything in between. He now hosts the popular Behind the Baller podcast. Please welcome to the Complex Sneakers podcast, Ben Baller. Hey, what's good, man? How the hell are you, Ben? I'm good, man. I'm really good, for real. I'm, I'm all things considered, and uh, the state of the, of the the shitty 2020, it's it's been it's been pretty amazing. Definitely, man. It's been been a crazy couple months, and we're thankful that uh, you're doing this. You know, you were the sixth episode of Sneaker Shopping ever. Sixth yeah. episode. We went to Riff. You remember yeah. that? Sixth episode. You know, people always ask me, like, hey, man, you should do the show. And I'm like, motherfucker, I was on the show, man. Yeah. Like- you, he, the sixth <laughs> episode. I, yep, they always say that. I'm like, it's on YouTube. So good to reconnect. And again, let's, let's get right into it. We're going to bounce around. But I want to start you studying hard in school and your brother slipping you some cash for Jordans on your birthday for doing well in school. And it seems like that was the first day that you bought a pair of Jordans. Do you remember that? Yeah, man. Actually, the funny thing is, I- I've told the story. I don't know how, how, how documented it's been. But, you know, to be honest with you, I've said this all throughout. I knew who Michael Jordan was. I was in, what, sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. And um, he, he was cool. But I was so obsessed with the Lakers that nothing could ever touch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nothing could touch Magic Johnson. But my brother, who's nine years older than me, obviously think if, if I'm, you know, 12 and he's 21, he's watching ball. So, you know, th- there's a ha- there's not a ton of, like now you're like, you know, it could be Ja Morant, it could be anybody. I mean, it could be somebody that's not necessarily a 100% household name. Back then, there weren't a ton of household names. So MJ was one of them. And uh, my brother worked at this, um, it's so funny, full circle. My brother worked at the Beverly Center. The Beverly Center had just barely kind of been Brett New Mall. 
in the, the outskirts of Beverly Hills. And uh, my IFN Co. store is there now. And uh, my brother worked at a women's shoe store called The Limited. Uh, it was just a women's clothing store. And um, two stores over was Champs. And back then, Champs was considered kind of a high-end store. It wasn't like Foot Locker-ish mm-hmm. at all. It was, you know, if someone was wearing Fila, th- that was like them wearing Gucci, you know, back in the day. It was, it was, it was pretty close. And, and you know, it was, there was not streetwear back then, obviously. And so um, they sold Fila and things like that there. And they had the Air Jordans. The thing was, I was right in between a six and a six and a half shoe. Okay. And uh, these were like 65 bucks, whatever. And um, this was the last time that I academically did well in school ever. And that was it. After that, I was just, I was a rap. You know, I got like a, you know, 1.6 at grade point average. It was, it was terrible. I was like the disgrace of Asians, right? And my brother goes, hey man, if you wear a six, you're going to get a Sky Jordan. And all the smaller sizes are Sky Jordans. And the crazy thing was kids at my school... The Sky Jordan was actually also lower priced. I believe mm-hmm. it was in the 30-something, 30 38, 39, whatever. And my brother's like, but look, it, I'm going to pay for these. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get myself a pair. He's getting a 10 and a half. And he's like, I'm going to get you a six and a half. You're going to get the Air Jordan, not the Sky Jordan. I was like, all right, man, beautiful. So he got me the shoes, man. And I remember um, the first day I wore them to school, I was in a, at that time, I was wearing a uniform at school. It LA, you know, they just had these, you know, whatever, just you're wearing like a polo and like a, a blue khakis. And, um, and I had them on, and I was the only kid in the entire school to have them on. And it was a big deal because in 1985, $65 was maybe, you know, equivalent to like 250 300 bucks now. So mm-hmm. it was a big deal. Did you also get a pair from JCPenney? Yeah. My, so after, this is the crazy part, then they had obviously the other colors. This was the Chicago colorway. Then I got the other colorway from JCPenney, and that was probably Christmas time. And the crazy thing is... <laughs> As popular as the shoe was, the shoe was, you know, like up till about maybe the Jordan 4. I, I vividly remember this all, you know. You could walk into a store months later, three weeks later, whatever, and they'd have them. It's just like, can you afford them? All right, boom. And you could walk into a store and get them. You just can't do it. If you go that now, it's going to be a resale store for a resale price. But yeah, I went to JCPenney and uh, my brother got his second pair and he got me my, my, my second pair as well. So, Ben, from that first pair of Jordans, were you immediately determined on becoming a person who had a lot of shoes? Like, where did you level up from there, from having those two Jordans? Because obviously, you fast forward to the late 90s, and you have thousands of pairs. So, what was the in-between time like, or how were you deciding, I'm going to get a bunch of shoes? So, that wasn't the start. The start was 82, getting suede Pumas, because I was a breakdancer. So, me wearing suede Pumas was the first thing. Me wearing shell to Adidas was the was the addiction that scene run dmc and wearing the shilto dedos with no no laces in them it wasn't until uh there's this place called sports specialties okay my mom's factory was on los angeles street and seventh and it, it was literally at the tip of skid row and on sixth and los angeles there was a, sport, a place called sports specialties and you go in there and to me when i try to gauge i'm trying to articulate this the best way when i think about going through certain neighborhoods that i went through as a kid and riding a bike and i'm like god damn remember that hill Remember going up that hill on the bicycle? It was like ridiculous. And I go up there now in a car. I'm like, bro, are you, are you kidding me? This was like a low-grade hill. This is not even that bad of a deal. So I can't, I, I haven't been able to gauge it, but you walk into this store that could be maybe two, 3,000 square feet in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. You look on the wall and there's nothing but sports specialty hats. The original ones that said like, you know, Villanova, boom, North Carolina. You know, it has the, the curse of the OG. And then they had the starter jackets all on the walls. And then all over, they had sneakers too. So you're just like in heaven, right? And they have all the posters. And it was at that point, I started playing basketball. 
and I saw the George Gervin. He had the he's sitting in the, the, the Iceman throne mm-hmm. boom and he has he has his hands, whatever. And I got my first pair of Sky Force Ones. That was the, the baby version of the Air Force One. And I remember looking at the toe box and was thinking, man, these shoes are so cool. And that along with other couple things and everything. And my mom worked really hard. She worked 88 hours a week. So I was able to get a pair of shoes every three months, which is a, you know, we weren't we're rich, but I mean, you know, she did that for me. And and um I think that's where it started. The Jordan thing was like, all right, let's go. And then, you know, hard times it hit like around 88, 89, 90, whatever. And 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 uh I, I was able to look, no matter what, up until I think, I think the 13 or the 12 is when I stopped. In fact, I didn't get the the 10s. I was never a big fan of the 10s. Mm-hmm. I think I never missed a Jordan release until about the 13s. And I always got them when they came out. Boom. Was there a time in there where it became hard to get them? Do you remember when people started lying? I, I remember the 11 was impossible. The, 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 the original pair. Yes, the Concords, you just were not getting them. There was a point in time when I was in the music business and we were going to this convention in Miami called How Can I Be Down? Mm-hmm. That this guy Peter Thomas was throwing. And um, at the time, I look at it like I'm so green. When I say green, I am a fucking nerd. I'm, I'm like, I think I'm cool, but I'm really just like, I have a little clout. I have a A&R director title at a major label. I got, you know, Jay-Z who hasn't been doing anything yet, but I have Ice Cube. And I, I, I think I'm cool, but I'm from the West Coast. A lot of East Coast, we're, we're outnumbered. And I remember in college, you look at the back of a CD, you look at credits. Mm-hmm. And I would study the credits and be like, hey, man, these, this guy's produced this, this guy did this. And I'm like, wow. And I would see the name Dante Ross a lot. He was a very, very big figure in hip hop. And he was a very, very mm-hmm. proud New Yorker. And, uh, you know, me and Dante have been friends for a long time. But this is like the first time really interacting with him. He had a company called uh, No Doubt Records at the time. I think it was distributed through either Def Jam or something. And he was using the Notre Dame logo. And he pulled up to the hotel, Ron Collins, and he had some pennies. He had the the penny twos. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was 96 probably, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, yo, where'd you get them at? He's like, oh, I got them in the Miami Mall. And I was like, I had a very important business meeting, like a real record thing. Like we're at a conference with like thousands of people from all over the world. And I told my assistant, I said, I have to go to the mall. They're like, are you fucking crazy? Like I'm getting yeah. in a taxi. I got to go to the mall. And I won't forget, they were, they were probably like a hundred bucks or $106. That was a lot, you know? And, and those pennies were a dope item. And like, just that and the Jason kids and the Zooms when those came out and even the Barclays during the 90s and just like I had mentioned my, my school when I transferred schools from Cal Cal was a Nike program mm-hmm. I transferred to SF State we're a division two basketball team mm-hmm. and our team was sponsored by Converse and we had the the grandmama that Larry Johnson shoes they were, they were, they were trash Aero jams. they were terrible oh yeah yeah and I was like dude I was like so embarrassed and I was like damn man and I remember as soon as the shoes came off I would put Nikes on you know, like, like as soon as the game ended and, and, you know, my coach is like, hey, you should be thankful that you even have some shoes. And he's like, you don't even fucking play. You know what I mean? Like, and they were just, you know, but I just, it was, it was my thing. Around that time, Shell Toes came back again. They were kind of really, really hard to get around 93. This was when Fresh Jive, Triple Drive, Triple Five Soul was, was popping. The Raver gear, big, big, gigantic pants and everything. But then going back forward, like around 96, I'm working with Missy Elliott, 95, 96, She's working on my album, and she's working on uh, Aaliyah's next album. And we always kept in touch. And then Missy took off. Mm-hmm. She gets her bag. She just becomes the fucking biggest rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. And she was always a big uh, sneaker cat. So we would keep in touch. Remember, back then, there was no, like, you barely had a cell phone. 
So like there was no email. There was no, you know, it's like you, you would page somebody, but like it was harder to get a hold of somebody. And uh, there's times, one time I remember Missy chased me like she was in a, in a passenger van, like a little, like a Dodge passenger van. And she chased me like 15 blocks. And I thought like, so I was about to get robbed, right? And I was like, oh shit, I see 10 dudes in the car. I said, she comes out, she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, um, I'm about to get some shoes. She's like, where? I'm like at Sporty LA here on Melrose. This is like where mm. I get all my kicks. You know, it's like um, my boy Ellie, he owns this place and Israeli dude, he's cool. So she's like, oh, I'm about to come in there. Yeah. So we walk in and um, they have some all patent leather Air Force Ones. And she's like, oh, maybe this is Uptowns. And I was like, Uptowns, what's that? And she's like, that's what they call. And I'm like, for real? And she's like, come on, man. And she's from Virginia, mm-hmm. but she was like putting me up on, I was, I was like, I've been wearing, I didn't know there was Uptown. She goes, yo, this is crazy. So, they were all black, white swoosh, white midsole, and no black piping around the midsole, just all white. And they were patent. And I was like, yo, these are crazy. It's anything like, like, just, you know, I'm, I'm a flashy guy, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore. But, you know, she got me a pair. She got her a pair. And I just remember um, at that time, I might have had like 14 pairs of shoes, which is, I'll be honest with you, not many people could say they had 14 pairs of Right, at this time kicks. in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think up till about... 99 you know i kind of and then they retro the space jams and the and the the whatever around then 2000 it was nike talk that really took me to a whole different level yeah looking at nike talk like because i feel like that's when a lot of people like in the sneaker game kind of knew who you were like how how important do you think to like the birth of sneaker culture was nike talk as far as like modern day sneakers go look there was many times where i've bashed it People, maybe it'll pull out receipts and be like, oh, you said that this was corny, this was lame, this was trash, blah, blah. Let me say this. August 4th, 2020, let me say for the record, it wasn't even, is there a bigger adjective than that? Or is there something bigger than colossal? I mean, it was enormous. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about, it wasn't even a launching pad. It was the rocket, the launching pad, the jet fuel, and Elon Musk to this whole generation of what it is now, you know. When I think back, some of these new guys, right? And and again, I don't know nothing, dude. I'm so washed up and so out of it. But there's like this guy, so Mar- he, he's a big deal, right? Like, yeah. I didn't even realize I made this guy's engagement ring for his wife, you know? And I was like, who the hell is this dude, this sneaker guy? And when, when anyone tells me, oh, I'm a sneaker guy, I want to vomit in my mouth and kill myself, right? I think about committing suicide, right? And I know it's not a joke. You shouldn't joke about suicide, right? That's how I truly feel when I see someone say that. But, you know, these guys have created these big worlds. And like, sometimes I just wonder... I, I I don't really in 2020 I don't care anymore. But I did in 2018 or 17. I care like, do these guys even know that I I was like relevant in this in this game? And they just don't know. And when I think about it, I've only been thinking about it very recently, right? My producers only told me about the show like a week ago, right? And I I just been so I had a lot going on, and and um, the SBs are so insanely big again that. There's a lot of things I've been popular for, right? Was obviously the eBay auction, mm-hmm. the methamphibian. But people don't realize I didn't get my stripes or my wings or my... I didn't get the... I, like, I, I created the SB Dunks. You know what I mean? Like, I created that hype. Like, I created that wave. I started that wave up. I didn't just, like, build it. I mean, I was, like, at the forefront. Do you know what I'm saying? I was... I was mal- Take the listeners to that. They, they'd be interested to hearing that. So, you know, um, I'm doing marketing for Nike. The Nike Blue House, is that right? This is before the Blue House even. Okay. And I'm working with this dude named Jesse Leva. Yeah, of course. And he's, you know, he's at the forefront of this skateboarding stuff. And I know I haven't met Sandy Boudicca yet, right? And um, they are doing these, um, a couple, just just 
skateboard type shoes. One was a maroon color, and I forgot what they were called back then. I know this, everyone has nicknames. I, I'm shit, dude. Nicknames are so I'm so out of it. But it was that, and then there was like a lightning color, right? That Union had, and me and Eddie Cruz have been friends forever. So like I kind of helped Eddie with a lot of sneaker shit and whatever else. And then um, Ali Asha had a brand called Alpha Numeric. Yep, remember that? He had like the first Nike SB Dunk collaboration. Mm-hmm. So you know when you hear something, and I wasn't a fly on the wall. You're just in a room. You hear something like, okay, well. Some skateboard shoes are coming out. Now, dunks are already really hot. At the time, any, any Nike talker could go onto eBay and type in just the words, Nike dunk, in quotes. So nothing else pulls up, right? Back in the day, you were able to say the craziest shit on eBay. You could say Nike, Dior, Stussy, SB. Like, yeah, you put all the keywords in the headline so that yeah. you catch I had, everything. I had a seller account that was like, I'm not going to pay you, and I just used to bid when I was bored at college. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the crazy part was you could also – I could check and see what Jay Lapuma, what Joe LaPuma is watching. I could see right. his watch list. Like let yes. alone – forget forget the fact that I could see what he bid on or whatever. I could see what he has in his like little archive of like favorites. Mm-hmm. Like it was so crazy what eBay was back then. So like you type in Nike Dunk and you're lucky if 31 items come up. There was a point in time in the 2000s where you type it. I mean like later 2000s like – like 2008, 2009, when it became a household thing, you would see 100, 300,000 things come up, right? It was just ridiculous. But anyways, you would see that, and everyone's trying to get Kentuckys. Everyone's trying to get Ultramans. Everyone's trying to get all the COJPs. Everyone's trying to get uh, Golden Rods. And here I am saying to myself, everyone thinks I brag and I boast. And, and, and to the most part, that's true to a certain extent. But I have a really good hunch that these SBs are going to be fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I have some skateboard ties, skated with Hasoy back in the 80s, Nottis, and all these legendary people. And I was, a, people are like, God damn, that's why they call you the Forrest Gump, right? Like, I've just been around a lot of cool things early on, the first time, not the remix, not the retro, the first time around. So I'm dating this chick. There's no Google Maps at the time, really, but there's Thomas Guide. So we're just like mapping out, boom. I'm getting addresses of all the skate shops from Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, all the way down to the border of Mexico. So all the way down the entire West Coast, I'd say there was maybe 61 shops and almost 50 of them had the SB Dunks. Now, I don't care if anyone says whatever, fact check, I don't even know it's such a long time ago, I can say this much. I know that we got like 70% of the SB stock (laughs) as far as uh, the West Coast because it was like New York, I highly fucking, like in between, I would say, Let's just be, I'll be, I'll throw a really high number out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe be, if, if you're not talking about the West Coast and then just New York, somewhere in between, there might have been 200 pairs of shoes. Maybe. I doubt it though. I hit every one of these stores, walked in a valley. I started working at all the, the valley shops in LA, everything else. How are you there clearing your stock out? Did you just have a duffel bag of cash? You throw it on the counter and you take yeah. everything or what? So I had three people and I told them, I said, listen, I'm going to give you money. I'm going to break you off thousand bucks if you let me max your credit card out. And I promise you, I'm not fucking, I, I'm telling you, I could get this money. Don't worry about it. Boom. Mm-hmm. And I just started working with it. And um, we hit, um, my first store was uh, Val Surf in Santa Clarita, California. It's right by Magic Mountain Six Flags. And I remember I walked in there and they had a, it was fucking stacked to like whatever. I had to say, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm paying for everything now. I had to go to a U-Haul place and rent a U-Haul about 15 minutes away. And I came back. 
clear them out. And the stores didn't care about you buying every single pair that they, that they had. The guy was talking to his manager like, dude, man, this fucking guy's coming in here buying all these <laughs> shoes. Like, this is crazy. I'm going to get a commission on this. Like, this is rad. You know, blah, blah. They had no idea. I knew that the really cool shops, Rip City, which is a legendary store in Santa Monica, they weren't mm-hmm. going to let me. He, know, he knows me too. He knows what's going on. So I just hit up all the cool shops and I cleared out everyone. Like I had- How so- many pairs total would you say that like you got? Out of the whole hall. Like 2,700 pairs of SBs only, though. Remember, I I had, I think I might have had almost the entire stock, you know. And the part was this. I, I had that hunch. I went and did it. And then there was an infamous word that got banned on Nike Talk. It wasn't just banned. They wouldn't even let you. Like They, they said, if you post or use this term or use a picture like this, you will be banned. Your account will be banned. And you'll be IP banned. You won't even be banned and start a new name. You'll be banned IP banned. So um, I created the word stockroom picks. Okay. And so I posted a picture of, and it, it wasn't even everything, but I just posted a, a picture of a couch. It was a big ass box fan because I lived in an apartment at the time. And um, I just had like rows of, like, you know what? You see crazy people po- post all this stuff now, boom. And it's like, mm. all right, that's cool, whatever. Imagine back then, fam. So what happened was there was a guy named Ems who was a really big OG on sneaker forms and stuff. And um, yeah. He's a big New York fan, obviously, Knicks, everything. So he's like, hey, bro, mm-hmm. why don't you stop being a little hoe and, you know, sell me a pair and just hook me up. And, like, remember, <laughs> the first series uh, Supas, you know, they're, they're, they're orange and blue, obviously, for New York. Yeah. $58. So I was like, hey, look it. Give me 75 bucks. That's, you know, the shoe plus shipping. And so I think 15 people on Nike Talk got blessed. I sold 100 pairs to Tokyo, which they paid, like, like 200 a pair or whatever. So they paid me like, what, 300%, whatever. Or no, no, more than that, 400%. And then I just sat on them for like 18 months or so. And the thing was, I had 90% of my entire life savings invested in the shoe. And the funny thing is, I even had my girlfriend's card was maxed out and we didn't, I, I, she was the last one to get paid. So she's like, look, you need, this is fucking bullshit. You can't just pay $200 a month on this. You have to pay up. I'm like, babe, just relax. And I just held on it, like on some Gordon Gecko shit. I just because I own the market. What the fuck were they gonna do? They can't. What are you gonna do? Did the people at Nike that you knew know that you were doing this? They didn't know until after uh, our, our our relationship had severed completely. And what what exactly were you doing with Nike at the time? Like in terms of your work with them? So I was doing lifestyle marketing. I was holding events there because Nike doesn't do parties. We do events. Like they would correct me all the time. I couldn't wear a polo into the goddamn office. They're like, oh yeah, so Ben. Um, we don't wear polos here because Mikey makes polos. It's just it was like it wasn't like Scientology, like it was, but it was just like it was unbelievable, you know, the 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 the, the way that things ran, and um, you know, we helped launch the Air Force One campaign with Nelly's with Nelly, and he did like the Nellyville shoes, the Barkley ones, and then um, you know, Pharrell did his shoes, and Espo did shoes, and yeah. we just had these dope ass events at the Blue House, and I was just like their guinea pig marketing dude, and I would hold events, you know, at, at the time there was this this book came out, it was like the first sneakerhead book called Soul Provider. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was a guy uh, on Nike Talk named Slam Ed. His name is Russ uh, Bankston. And, and, yeah. and so, you know, Russ, is, yeah. Russ was old then. You know what I mean? I give Russ a lot of shit. But, like, Russ is like the – how do I say? I got to be careful of these words now. You can't say, like, certain words because they're so defensive now, right? But, like, he was just like the – he was the boomer of mm-hmm. Nike Talk mm-hmm. and, like, always talk shit. But, you know, he was part of the culture for sure. But he'd be like, oh, man. Like, and, and he was uh, – I think actually, I think Russ became a moderator to the site, and like, 
if he ever frowned at me, that's when I knew that that was like, all right, I got to chill. You were fucking up. All right. Yeah, I'm like, I got to chill now. I got to chill. But we always get, had a real good rapport with each other, you know, and then he obviously went to Complex and everything. But like, you know, it was just a, that was what made me, you know, that put me on the map, the SBs. And then I started to realize one of my friends, Demaney, he had a website called VintageKicks.com. Yes, and, of and, course, Demaney. Yeah, yep. and I sold him some shoes. And then he wanted to be part of AMC, which was Air Max crew. And uh, he had such a cool website. He had such a great vision. And he was... um. He was uh, working with the guy Ricky's of NYC, Ricky's NYC, the, yep. the whatever. And, um, you know, Domaney was like, he was crazy. He drove to Detroit. He drove to Florida to get quick quick, uh, uh, quick strikes, you know, and city attacks, right? City attack was a shoe that only came out of that area. And he was just, he was able to do stuff. And he told me, he goes, hey, man, you know, like, you know, what you're doing is crazy. It's This is what I'm doing. And, and then he introduced me to the real Japanese swag. Now I knew about it because of Eddie and everyone else, but they didn't want to give me, like they didn't want to teach me about it. Mm. He taught me what the real consignment, why Tokyo was the Mecca. And I had been already been to Tokyo two or three times because of music. And I knew that they always, you know, they preserve things. Like if they say something's the NDS, it's really like a 9.5 out of 10. Someone says not NDS in LA. It's like, come on, bro. You didn't beat these things up. And Domaini was like, you know, figuring things out. Obviously, later he started Flight Club and, and it became a whole different thing. And, and I, I look back like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, dear God, you know, you took it to a whole different level. I just, I had a falling out with Nike. I had a customization company called Meth Amphibian. With Peter Kim, right? Yeah. We were at the forefront of the customizing game. The only person that was even close was a guy named Sabotage. And he yep. was in, um, Legend. remember those? I think Singapore or something. And, um, you know, we, we were doing releases in Tokyo, Australia, New Zealand, New York, you know, LA, and we were crushing it. We had Undefeated's first line, you know, outside like... You had the pair, the, the dunks at Undefeated, it was like a white with a kind of Lakers colorway and the cement print on the back, right? It was called the Kobe Playoff Dunk, yeah. yeah. That was our first... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Shoe. And, you know, we just had a, we had, we had, we had, we had some really good times. And, um, I mean, I don't think on, uh, I've ever said this documented wise, but um, I mean, on the record, but so me and me and me and Peter, we got our own uh, shoe with Nike and we were designing the shoe. And I feel bad to this day because 
most of the time when you have business people, you have one guy who's calm, maybe the artist, whatever, and then you have one guy who talks, he's the, you know, and he's the loudmouth. Obviously, you, mm-hmm. you obviously know who the loudmouth is, right? <laughs> so, you know, I just got real cocky. I was feeling myself, and I got way over my head. I'm trolling. I'm making fun of kids on Nike Talk. All I'm doing is just, I'm literally the bully of the block. I'm 50 Cent of Nike Talk. I'm just, I'm just really not a good person, but there's so many other things I do that are good, and it's because I am. I just, I, I just couldn't stop. It was like a disease being the troll. And um, every week, it was like something else with Nike. It was like something so ill with them. And um, it got to a point where we were developing a methamphibian Nike and it was a Terminator. Okay. At the time, that was like a six shoe, you know, is whatever you think about yeah. Georgetown. So we were having a Terminator. We were coming up with the colorway boom. And they're like, oh, it's 10 months away. At the time, Cartoon was about to start his developing his Air Force One spiderweb one. And then uh, they got cease and desist from Marvel because they own the spiderweb thing. Anyway, so Nike's just, just too, it's just too controlling at this point. I've met Mark Parker. I've met all the big dogs. Everyone you could think of. I've met Tinker. I've met everyone you could think of. And I was like, you know, I thought I was, you know, somebody really cool. And uh, I just get into this email war with, I won't even put their names out there like that, but I got into email war with some of the Nike heads, heads of Nike, not Nike heads. And um, it like severed our relationship. And to make it even worse, I went on my, I had a website called benball.com. And even back in the day, years later, Kanye West and like Don C, they'd be like, yo, I used to go on your website, look Mm -hmm. at shoes. You know, we'd had no money. We was like just checking out shoes. I disabled my entire site. Benball.com at that point was getting a lot of traffic. And I made my homepage, everything possible. It just said, fuck Nike and block letters, big letters. You wanted to sue Nike at that point, right? This is back 2003, yeah, I, 2004. Yeah, yeah, 2004. And I was just like, I put fuck Nike. And Peter, Kim, he was like, yo, bro, you know, you could check the IP addresses and see who's looking at, you know, whatever. And we started looking at IP addresses. And he's like, yo, bro, look at how many Portland, Oregon, like, you know, all Nike heads. He's like, yo, bro, this is bad. So at that yeah. time, one of my oldest, dearest friends, Terry Heller, he had actually got a Nike account and uh, he wanted me to be a part of it and help his store out. It was in Fred Siegel's, you know, a very popular store and the store is called Conveyor. So I started helping him out. He was going to break me off like rev share, you know, boom. And I was helping him out and everything. And people started going there. There's lineups and things. They're getting the cool shit. They weren't tier zero, but they're like a tier one. They're, they're getting cool stuff. And he gets a letter from Nike saying, hey, if Ben is a part of this store, we're going to have to pull your Nike account. And he said that straight up. And I said, oh, for real? That, that's how they, they want to play it? And then they even hit up Eddie and them. Eddie Cruz from Undefeated. Yeah. And me and Eddie have been, you know, he's the first person to put me in streetwear. You know, he's the first person to, the day that Supreme ever launched, he gained my first shirt. Like, I've known Eddie since the early 90s. You know, my sister and him were good friends. And, you know, to this day, me and Eddie are boys. When they told me that, Eddie, Eddie said something to me. I don't think he should get mad about this, but he was like, hey, man, I have to do something about this because... I mean, first, this is my livelihood. So I don't. I was like, nah, bro, you know what? Don't even trip. I don't want to get you guys in trouble or anything, you know, do your thing. And he's like, no, but this right here, I have to stand up for just any retailer. We can't just only survive on Nike alone. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, you know, he was doing Adidas collaborations. Undefeated was doing stuff with uh, maybe Asics and just a lot of different companies. And, and I respected that. They were the first ones to break the ice. It wasn't until that I noticed in my brain, I don't think anybody really changed that mindset until, like, Ronnie Feig, mm. you know, Got and it. then like obviously Pharrell and, yeah. and Kanye and those people. So Nike was really after you. Like Ben Baller said, "Fuck Nike," and Nike said, "Fuck Ben Baller." Basically. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred million percent. It, it it was bad blood and everything. It got so bad that later, when I signed to Supra, and I was with Supra, they hired 
one of the guys that was a almost VP level. He was definitely a boss at Nike. And when he got to Supra, I made it difficult for him because he made it really difficult for me. Back in the day. Back in the day, he, yeah. he made it difficult for you. And then when you he got yeah. to Supra, you returned the favor a little bit. And the thing is, I was young. I didn't understand. You know, at the time, I had no kids or nothing like that, whatever. He was a grown-ass man. And he had a lot. He had a lot. He was, he was like, he would say shit like, I got subwoofers, bro. You're a tweeter. He would use those type of metaphors for me. I'm like, okay, cool. So then we get to the company. He's, he hears that I'm kind of, kind of, you know, like a big deal there. And uh, he's like, hey, I want to sit down with you. I was like, hey, let's go meet up. You know, boom, let's go meet up somewhere at Venice Beach. And I never show up to the meeting. Oh, I f- totally forgot about Just him on the super meeting? Everything, you name it. And just finally, eventually, he got pushed out of the company. And, and like, I'm like, yo, dude, I was on your guys' team. I understand that I was loose with the verbs, loose with my lips, but there was different ways about this, man. And y'all try to cut my legs off. So look, you guys are billion, you know, it's a billion dollar company. I don't really give a shit at this point, whatever, but I did not wear Nikes from summer 2004. Whenever the, the, the Yeezy twos came out, the, the, the solar, I don't know what year that was. That was the first time I put a pair of Nikes on because they sent them to me. And I think maybe management or the internal company had changed so many times. I had not worn anything but Adidas and Vans. You boycotted Nike for almost a decade. Yeah. Didn't you say that, that that whole deal, it cost you like eight figures or something like that? Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a fucked up situation. I, I'm not going to get into it, but the thing is this. I sold my sneaker collection, and that was what motivated me to sell everything. When I sold everything, that started IF & Co. Now, it didn't immediately, but 15 months later, I was a jeweler. And had I not done that, I might have been stuck at Nike. I might have been working for Nike. Who fucking knows? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what would have happened. I would have been a robot. Been like, yes, okay. Yes, this is not pink. This is magenta. You know, who knows? You know, just a crazy little, not knowing the Pantone color and being wrong here and there. Not saying party, saying events instead. And just, I just, I was like, bro, this ain't the life for me. And it happened with all my stuff. You know, me and Dre bumped heads at Aftermath. I mean, you know, it's just, I just know how to be in business myself. But throughout that time, that almost 10 years, I didn't pay attention to the game at all. I didn't care. I walked away from it completely. When the Yeezy 2s came out, the Galaxy Foams came out that same year too. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, all right. 2012. I got, I got Galaxy Foams. I got Yeezy 2s. And uh, I built a relationship with Riff. And we started. I, I started kind of getting back into it. And I said, look, I'm going to wear what I like. I don't care what these little kids think and whatever. And, you know, it is what it is. And, and um, I'll be real with you. I got a little ahead of myself and I started getting to a point where I was like, all right, dude, I have a very obsessive behavior. I just told Russ, of all people, so funny. I just counted right before the pandemic. I might have 31 pairs of sneakers. It's the best feeling on earth because even in 2015 and 16, I had got up to like maybe 150, 200. And it just was like, yo, dude. It's so easy when you're obsessed. Yeah. And you went in, you, you weaved yourself in and out. But going back, I do want to talk about while we're talking about Nike, the infamous Air Max crew. Yeah. And how you guys moved during that time, you, DJ AM. And I always think like what DJ AM, how he would be navigating the sneaker game right now. Talk about that time and then give, you you knew him so well. Give us what you think he would be doing in 2020 sneaker culture. Damn. So me and AM been friends since, uh, what? late 80s, early 90s. I had left for a while because I went to college to play ball and everything else. And uh, him and Alchemist grew up and they're, they're all like that. They had like a little crew. You know, he's a DJ. I was a DJ. I kind of came up a little before he did. 
And then when he came up, I used to always give him shit for it. I'd be like, yo, man, you came up with that white Jewish privilege. You know what I'm saying? Like you had the this, that, and the third. You had the people behind you holding you up. Boom. And he's like, bro, half your family is Jewish. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, still, <laughs> I'm Asian though. When a hot dunk came out, Foot Action would have limited edition patent leather dunks, high top, low tops. And for some reason, they had the, the exclusive to that. So you'd have to find a store that had them. And uh, there was one by uh, by in like kind of like Culver City area, like by, by Fox Hills Mall. And I had found the shop. And uh, AMC hadn't started, started yet. Like we were like saying we were AMC, but it was like, and I went to go get two pairs. And I call him because he didn't live very far from there. I was like, hey, bro, they got size 12s, dog. You got to go get them. And he went and took off right then and there and grabbed it and goes, hey, homie, that's a good look. And then me, him, and Homicide hit the East Coast. And that was the first time we hit like training camp and like, recon and, and all these cool shops and then went through Philly and everything went to record shopping and everything and just like one thing about Am that was so dope was he was very well rounded he would definitely have the Converse weapons out there I mean I had a couple you know here and there I was really 95% Nike and I would say Am was maybe 75 6, 65 70% Nike he had a lot of uh he had Asics Tigers he had Converse he had um Adidas he had Vans he had he was it was it was really cool Homicide was pretty well rounded as well and the three of us were doing well. Homicide was doing extremely well. He was in a hit rock group, Sugar Ray, mm-hmm. crushing it. And, um, you know, just our styles are totally just just very similar, and our behaviors are very similar, but we all got along in harmony. Me and Ann probably bump heads the most because we were both in L.A. nightclubs. And, um, you know, he, 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 he started to develop pretty good style. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, he, he didn't have the best style early on, and we would make fun of him about it. And then, like, you know, he had a surgery. He had the gastric bypass surgery. He lost, like, you know... 150, 200 pounds. And then he started dating Nicole Richie. He started becoming a spotlight. He had the Bape hoodies. Yeah. He had the Bape hoodies. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, he didn't necessarily get a stylist. It's just like, I think he started looking a lot what Mark Ronson was dressing like. And Mark was part of our crew, our homies and stuff. And he just started figuring out. He was like, okay, boom. Oh, okay. Selvage denim. All right, this is cool. You know, and like, all right, you know, and you start figuring things out. And uh, he started going definitely more the retro route. Like, he was rocking 94 Jordans. To this day, I do think the Jordan 1 94s are maybe the greatest, better than the 85s. I think mm. the 94 and the 2001 Jordan 1s were, were some of the best ones. You know, they were just amazing shoes. And um, he started developing relationships with Nike, and he had, he had some really good plugs. He never gave me those plugs, that fucker. Rest in peace, but fuck you. <laughs> and he had some plug that was giving him size 13s and they're all PEs, player editions. So this guy was busting out Derek Anderson shoes. He was busting out LeBron dunks, like shoes you never saw anywhere. And so I had to develop my own crazy stuff. And Homicide was like in between. And then we had guys like my boy Guy Siri. I went to high school with them. So did, and we all grew up with this guy. He had a group called the Deftones. That was his group. And the Deftone dunks came out. So all three of us got a pair. And those are like, they only made like 50 pairs, you know. These are like rare shoes. We would wear them out and people would lose their fucking minds. Be like, oh my God. And so I started playing unfair. I would get shoes that weren't even my size because I was like, fuck it, just to keep up with Am because he was getting so crazy. I got some Wu-Tang dunks in a size seven. And he's like, hey, bro, them shits look kind of young. Those shoes look young, dog. Those aren't 10 and a half. And I'm like, nah, bro, they're, they're nine and a half, dog. It's cool. He's like, they ain't nine and a half. I was like, bro, they are. And, he goes, and like, they come over to the house. Hey, where are the shoes at? I'm like, oh, they're not here. It's like, man, why are you playing games, man? Like, you know, we would just raid each other's closets, go, go chick, try, you know, try to see what we had and whatever. And um. You know, AM just developed a crazy, crazy, crazy network. 
And then he became famous. I started realizing like I was kind of internet popular, mm-hmm. but he started becoming famous. He was hosting stuff on E and doing things. And, you know, he, if it wasn't for him, there might have been, you know, Stevie Oki, Diplo, and these enormous EDM DJs. He, he kind of broke that whole world open. And um, Eminem 4s. You know, he had him, you know, Paris Dunks. You know, we had him, you know, it was just, uh, he, he was, he was, uh, how do I say this, man? He didn't really wear any regular shit. AM was really, it, it had to be beyond exclusive. With me, yeah, but I had Methamphibian, so I could wear the most illest custom shoes that I wanted. And I think if we were in 2020 today, AM would still have all his SBs that are super rare, Zoo Yorks, Chocolates, uh, Paris Dunks, Undefeated Splatters, I think his style would still be all the ones. He would have all the OG ones. I think he would have went crazy for the shattered backboards because he loved that Halloween colorway. Um, yeah. I think Am would have, you know, he, 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 I don't know if he would have jumped on the Yeezy wave, even though him and Kanye were good friends back then, you know, like he was bringing Kanye to the club when Kanye couldn't get in. Kanye would sit at the DJ booth and watch AM DJ. And I had to help Kanye get in the club sometimes, right? So, like, I, I know his style. I think he would have definitely been on the Pharrell, the whole Pharrell wave with, with the Adidas stuff. Okay. That would have been yeah. heavy. But right now, 2020, you would see AM in a size 13, Jordan 194 in every color possible. He'd have the access to the money for it, whatever. He'd be rocking maybe some Oregon, you know, Oregon uh, Tinker 3s, which are, like, crazy money. He'd have some rare fours. He wasn't so much a five or a six or a seven Jordan dude. He was definitely not an eight dude or nine. He was heavy one, three, and four, just like me. Do you think he'd get excited about like Grateful Dead, Dunk SBs, and things like that? Oh yeah, man. You know he he yeah. was he was uh he he was he was he was uh he fucked with Grateful Dead. The thing is, a lot of people don't even realize like I went to school in the Bay Area. You know what I'm saying? What does come on like? So when Bill Graham died, my first time ever doing acid. And LSD was in San Francisco. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second, hold on, wait, yo, bro. I don't do anything. I don't do coke. I don't do any. I, I smoke weed. And they're like, man, shut the, f- bro. We're in San Francisco. We're going to a Grateful Dead concert at the at Golden Gate Park. You don't understand. This is legendary. I don't realize now that it could be maybe bigger than the Tupac show at House of Blues that I went to. And we're going to Hate Street. And I remember they gave me a sugar cube. And I'm like, okay, dude, a sugar cube. Okay, cool, whatever. And I always hear, you know, you hear stories like, don't do drugs, blah blah, when you're a kid. And you're like, sugar cube, yeah. come on, what's going to happen, you know? And I remember I'm like, holy shit, like, whoa. And it was my first and my only Grateful Dead concert. From there, I understood why it was such a big cult falling boom here and there. But Am was like, he had it, Am had, would have Grateful Dead in his MP3, in, in, his, uh, in his iPhone. We have a friend named uh, Dom DeLuca who owns a store called Brooklyn yeah, Projects. Brooklyn Projects. Yeah. He loved Am. Not that he didn't love me too, we're all friends. But I mean, there's no Dom would have hand, could have driven. He would have like postmated the fucking Grateful Dead SBs to Am's house and been like, "Yo, here you go, every color." He would have definitely loved them. Now, when so when you you talk a lot about you know kind of getting access to all these limited shoes through people that you knew back in the day, and that's kind of how you scored you know Deftones and you know your connection to the Grateful Dead. But yeah, I guess in today's sneaker culture, when you see kind of access to sneakers being who can outspend each other do you is that something that you co-sign or is that something that you respect as far as sneaker collections go see this is 2020 ben talking now right like i don't, I don't want to offend anybody um this is not ben on nike talk 
this this, this is, is not Cape Town Hustler. This is yeah, this is Ben Humble talking, not Ben Baller. So <laughs> look, man, I think it's a little unfair. Um, life is unfair though, right? I, I'm gonna be real with you. Um yeah. the disclaimer is this. Even though I got Lamborghinis and Ferraris in my in my in my stable and I have a, a beautiful home and everything's good. None of this shit was by accident. Nothing happened by hurting anybody. Nothing happened by stealing. Nothing happened by cheating anybody. You know, it was all hard work. And 2020 was, this year is the most I've ever done charity-wise and donation-wise and helping. I'm talking, fuck going to organizations. I'm talking like, all right, let me DM 20 single moms who don't, who don't have money for diapers. A bit. You know, I've done this constantly. That's not to say that other people haven't. But what I mean is, with me, at a certain point, the buck stops. Like... Maybe at 2Gs, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know, man. You know, like Mark Wahlberg has been an t- almost 30-year friend of mine. He gave me Mark Wahlberg fours. Drake has given me Kentuckys and things like that. And that's, you know, these are guys I have close relationships, relationships with. Mm-hmm. So I use that as a barter. Like, for instance, G-Dragon did only 88 pairs of, of his, of his uh, the yellow stripe boom. And, like, I still have them. And like, but other people, like, getting Dior's in, like, you know, January when no one had them, friends and family stuff. And, like, it's not about selling. And so people are like, all right, boom. But I'm the king of bartering. So I'll barter things so I'm not paying for like... So for instance, yes, technically, it's still $8,000 or $10,000, but I traded a $20,000 pair of shoes to get these things and whatever. Someone like... And what I'm getting at, people are like, what? The, anyone listening to us right now is like, what is Ben talking about? PJ Tucker, it, it's, I'm sorry, man. It's just... It's, it's, it's the most unfair thing in the entire world. You know, it's like when I look at Clark Kent or I look at Mayer, it, it's, it's warranted and, 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 and I co-signed it 100%. Now, I've met PJ many times. I know him. He's a good dude. He has a relationship somehow with every single sneaker store in the world. <laughs> he's, pulled out, he's pulled out shoes that I've never seen in my... Like, I, like, there's so many New Jack sneaker stores, and I don't want to like sit there and give them any attention, but they're really New Jack, Cracker Jack dudes, right? I think the latest of any New Jack, Cracker Stack store, whatever, I would give any props to is Sean Witherspoon. Sean has actually studied the culture. He went back. He knew about the Blue House. He didn't know so much how deep I was in it, but if he knew enough to know that, hey, I need you to help me design this Air Max 97.1 and um, you're going to be a part of this. Had I known this was going to be an insane shoe that it is, no, but I helped Sean out. Other than that, that's like the latest person I'll give any props to. Anybody prior to that, like Jeff, who owns Rift, this guy is really a sneaker encyclopedia. He's a god when it comes to it and certain things. So like when he gets stumped, and PJ will show him a shoe, like, what? The, I, wow. I, I didn't even know that existed, you know, and certain things like that. And it's like, I use Jeff for my, like, backup stuff. Like, you know, there's stuff that I know of, of course, but there's a big part where I missed out on. And when I see these guys, a lot of uh, wealthy, super wealthy, not rich, wealthy Chinese kids that are going to school, like UCLA, USC, and UC Irvine, and they're in L.A., and their family's back home, giving them an unlimited amount of money to spend and whatever— and then they go into Riff and spend $75,000. I'm like, come on, man. But a- another thing, too, is they're not going on Instagram, like, showing their shoes off like that. They're mm-hmm. really wearing it and whatever. But when I see people out there who are like, I don't know, like, when you see pages like Rich Kids at Instagram, blah, blah, whatever, and they're showing, like, Yeezys or whatever, or, or even, like, any other crazy shoe, I, I just think it's, I don't know, man. I, I-, I-, I can't, like... That's way worse than, than than PJ. At least PJ Tucker had like, you know, PJ had, and again, I'm not saying PJ's whack. I'm not saying he's bad or anything. It's just he has an unfair advantage with a with a you know very major NBA contract to to feed that. Plus he's a he's a big basketball player and, and um 
you know, but at the same time, let me say this. It is harder to get the 13, size 14, and 15 shoes and things, you know, in, in, in rare shoes. But, uh, yeah, in, in general, um, I'm obviously going to respect anybody who hustles and, and got their shoes from selling shoes, you know, and bartered or whatever. And you sold all your shoes, right? I, I feel like we have to talk about that, you know, selling your collection for, what was it, over a million dollars back back when you kind of got out of the game the last time. Just under three million, yeah. What's funny is the auctions sold for like almost two or something, but I sold a lot. On eBay? Yeah, I sold a lot of it right before that to Essence Sneaker Store in Yokohama, my boy Hiro, who me and Hiroshi are still friends to this day. And he owned a store where we did methamphibian releases at. And um, it's just a small store. And, and he was able to take mass quantities of stuff. And um, I had a lot of babesters, man. Did it hurt you, though, to, to liquidate everything you had like that? No, man. I was so pissed off at Nike, man. Look at, I was, it, it, that was part of the fuck Nike campaign was let me just get out of this and sell everything? That was the immediate. I remember closing my, 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 my laptop at the time. I didn't have a Mac. I had a Sony. I had a Sony, I had a, I had a PC laptop, and I closed it, and I walked into, me and Methamphibian were roommates. We lived in a three-and-a-half-bedroom apartment in Sherman Oaks, and I remember I walked up to him, and he's like, what do you want? He's like, what are you going to tell me now? You know, he's like, he's like, he always got some shit going on. And I'm like, bro, I'm getting rid of everything. He goes, okay, good for you. And he's like, I'm getting rid of everything too then. And I'm like, all right. I was, let's, let, I was like, you know what? We're not customizing Nikes anymore. He's like, hold on, wait a second, stop. He's like, bro, what are you talking about? That's how, you know, that's like the only way he could eat, right? That's the whole cash flow. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's like, no, no, no. He's like, Ben, I'm gonna sell my shoes. I'm gonna paint Nikes. If you want, I was like, bro, look at you're you're 100 methamphibian now. I'm just, I I literally at that point was so done with shoes. I got rid of everything, and and um, I was a little sad when Am and Homicide still had like you know all their dope shoes. But when I pull up in a brand new red Ferrari, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't think about the shoes so much anymore. And I'm wearing some, you know, I'm wearing um, old schools, like Vans old schools. And Vans Authentics you wore for a while yeah. after you. Yeah, I, wore, I, I wore a lot of Vans Authentics for a long time. I wore skate highs a lot. And I'll never forget one of my favorite shoes ever in the history of sneaker collecting ever was the first sheets, the black high top sheets. And it was my first Nike talk, like connect shoe, like some dude named PLO Punisher was on uh, Nike Talk, and he's like, yo, uh, Portland, Oregon, Nike Town is doing this special. Just call in. They'll ship to you. And I was like, no, no way. I kept those shoes for a really long time, and um, they meant a lot to me because I rode my motorcycle in them. But, you know, again, you know, I had a Rolex. I had a Ferrari, and um, it made me feel a lot better that I, I didn't have to – I didn't care about the Nikes anymore. You know, I didn't have to go spend every single week to go buy some – even just white on whites – you know, like it was a problem where I was walking in like, uh, what do I got? 18 pairs of white on whites. Why not? Get, I need to get two more pairs, right? Yeah, let's get them. And it just, it just was a, it was a mental issue. It was a condition, you know, just. Do you ever, do you ever look back through all the fuck Nike stuff and ever just think like, maybe I was a little out of line at some point and wish you had handled things a little differently at some points? So I've actually analyzed this entire scenario multiple times. For those of you who followed me in the last like year or so, you don't really see carpet. I have like 140 something posts on my Instagram. I have maybe one or two car posts. You know, when I used to have two, 300 of every car, every, you know, it, things have just changed. You know, I'm just, I'm more of a, of a father and a husband and um, I promote what I need to sometimes, but even things that are important, like 
things that I make money on. I don't necessarily post all the chains I do. You know, I, I feel like my IF and co page can do that. I feel like my business pages and I have no access to the business pages on purpose because I don't want any extra needed thing. So with that said, my mentality this year, I've been thinking a lot during the pandemic and um, I feel bad for a lot of things that I've said because I'd be like, I, I, you know, you live with no regrets, right? I should, you shouldn't have any regrets as a grown man. I always felt that way. Now, back to the Nike situation. Could I have handled it differently? Absolutely. Was I out of line? I was definitely out of line. Would I have, you know, changed things? I don't know if, if, if I should have because, again, if I didn't make that mistake or make that mess up, I, I, I could be working there or I could be a different dude. You know what I mean? I, I might not be... You know, I'd still be Ben Baller. I just wouldn't be the Ben Baller now. I wouldn't be, there wouldn't be no Ben Baller to the chain. You know, I don't know. It just would be, I might not have been a jeweler. It's just, so I look back and think like, I had to spaz out, you know, and lose that, that bag and lose that job. And then something else opened up and, and me to figure out what my life was. I feel like it was part of the plan, but I, I still, you know, like, man, I, I, I hold a lot of grudges. When, when we meet me talking about it, like me talking about conveyor saying, Hey, you know, if Ben Baller is attached to the store, we got to pull the account. That actually made me angry thinking about it again. That's just like, that's some real, like, that's some bitch, that's just some real pussy shit, you know, like to, 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 to a dude who's just, a, you know, whatever, whether he's a loud mouth teacher, but I understand if it's, if it's a store doing that to a person, but you're talking mm -hmm. about a multi-billion dollar corporation trying to shut down a song. And I was just like, man, that's, that's like, it's beyond, you know, a giant versus an ant. It's just, it was just really, it was, it was some bitch shit, you know? So like, it is what it is. And, and, and again, I don't think about it too much, you know, and there's, look, you can find anybody. I don't care. Mother Teresa, they're saying, oh, she, she was involved in child trafficking. It's like, my God, you know, like there could be bad things and everything. I just try to think of, you know, just the positive that came out of that. Ben, one thing on sneaker shopping, we went to the LeBron section and you were totally against LeBron sneakers. Now he's playing for the Lakers. It's a few years past. Have we warmed up at all to LeBron sneakers and LeBron the player as a big Lakers fan? No. No. Never would ever, ever. Yeah, I would never wear a pair of Lakers, LeBron shoes that they offered me a collab. Would you do a chain for him? No. You wouldn't make LeBron a chain? You know, I wouldn't make a lot of people a chain right now. You know, uh, I don't want to put them on blast right now, but just think of the top three most talked about rappers over the age of 35. And I mean, when I say top three, I'm talking about enormous people. Like, I just, I, one, I don't have the time. Two, I've been so stressed out with other stuff. And uh, there's a lot of power in me saying no now. And that, like, no is like my new high. Like, saying no is like, there's just, it's, it's, it's like, it, damn, man, it feels good. Last year, or was it this year? I'm sorry, this year on my birthday, I agreed not to hate on LeBron ever again. It's just, I even forgot why I hated him and what it was like, what the, the, the actual original reason why. Like, I knew I was mad. The first time I was mad at him was when he left Cleveland to go to, um, and I wasn't a big fan of him then. When he left and went mm -hmm. to Miami, I had a problem with that. And then I forgot what the second issue was, but it just got me so mad. Boom. And um, when he became a Laker, I thought about getting rid of all my Laker stuff. I was like, damn, dude, that's 40 wow. years of fandom. I'm about is to get Is that it. serious? Yeah, I just was like, and then I thought about it. I was like, this is the stupidest thing in the entire world. Like, I don't even remember what I'm mad at him for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, um, and it just got, it just got, you know, worlds get closer to each other. Like my friend started dating Rich Paul and it was just like a weird thing. And I was like, yo, you know what, man? I'm going to bump into him way more probably now. And it's probably like, is it better? It's just to just be just to just, just let it go. There's another incident I talked about on my podcast. I won't say it on here, but let me be honest with you. I don't like the shoe. I don't think he's made. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's made a cool pair of shoes. It's my personal opinion.
I still got to convince you. I know your your Lakers connections run so deep. You even worked, you said once, on the original Kobe at Adidas, the, the Audi-inspired pair. Uh, yeah, I just did the marketing with them, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? You know, um, it's funny, right? So my cousin, he went to uh, to uh, Parsons, or the Parsons uh, school, art school. And um, he told me that that was like the, the stepchild of art schools. If you were dope, you would work at Art Center, Pasadena Art Center. The Art Center, that's, that's like the, that's the school. And then all the cool people think that RIDSD is whatever. And then like, there's either SVA or Parsons, whatever. But I'm like, okay, what are you trying to say? And he goes, anything coming out of Art Center, that was like the truth. Mm. And the person who designed that Audi TT and a couple of these other crazy cars, he's the person that designed that, that, that Kobe shoe. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I felt like I get to meet this designer. We get to go over these things. Boom. This was what? Was that 2000? Around 2099. Yeah. I was working with Dr. Dre at the time. Yeah, there's a photo of you and Corrupt, both yeah, of the yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and um, they were really comfortable. But I look back at it now, and I, look, I had the yellow pair too, right? Like the straight, and people call them the yellow taxi, right? They, they, they were ugly as hell. But as ugly as those were, I think they look better than any LeBron. Mm. Did you have to meet Kobe when you were pitching that sort of marketing materials? No, I met Kobe when he was a rookie. I used to sneak mm. Kobe into the club. Ben, we have to talk about Kim Kardashian. She called you out for having a fake pair of all-black Yeezy 750s. Your pair was a custom. What happened there? They're they're real. They're real. They're just custom. And Kim Kardashian tried to put you on blast on the internet over it? Well, the thing is, we and her have had a long history of... of um, well, I've been friends with Kim for a long time. God, man. If there's like one person I ever look out to make sure I don't say anything about was like... I said I said one thing about her. LeBron James is fine, but Kim Kardashian is off limits. No, it's just different because I have to. I like literally. I mean, our circle is is connected. Gotcha. It was like 2011, maybe around then. She had put out that song with a dream, and it wasn't the fact that I went on Twitter and said it was the worst song I ever heard in my life. I said Paris Hilton's album was better, and there was like bad blood between them. And all I remember was. You ever see those memes or like be like, oh, a, a, a angry girl will text you this, whatever. And it was like, I ha- I have not, I scrolled like seven times and it still wasn't done. How mad she was, and she was just like, you're so disrespectful. You know, I've never done anything. You blah, blah, blah. And I tell you the truth. Let's just let me just let me just break it down here. Again, like the Nike situation. Kim's never done anything bad to me. She's always been actually a really good person. She's always been super sweet. I just well, one, I think the song did suck. Sorry, and I could have kept it to myself. And my wife was really upset about it. And um, I was rude. Do I think it was a shot there? No. I think it was a chance for her to dismiss me because she didn't even look at him. Mm. So funny because Emily Oberg did that story for the thing of her complex. And I wow. laughed because how random, right? But like, yeah, um, <laughs> um, they're real. I forgot the dude's name who customized them from New York. And, you know, every week there's a new, there's a new kid trying to be the, the new hot kid. The and- new methamphibian. Or no, just new anything, new, you know, any kind of new sneaker shit. But yeah, how can I say anything? Kim and Kanye have sent shoes every couple months. They send my kids shoes. They send me, I, I have fucking easy, you know, easy slides right here, like two different pairs. And they've always been very good. And um, So Ben Baller never owned a fake pair of Yeezy Boost? Nah, like. never. I never Did you a, ever own a fake pair of shoes? Nah. Never? never? You know what? There, there was ben, a those fake eBay sho- days early on? Never. You never got beat on a pair of sneakers? Oh, Homicide did. I was very good about how I got things. Homicide got a pair of fake West Indies, and they were supposed to be, you know, obviously red with the, with the you know, the thing. Mm-hmm. These yeah. were like fluorescent orange. The size 10 and a half was maybe a size 8. The box was square. It wasn't even a rectangular box. Mm. It was the illest pair. And the thing was, he was so mad, 
I wanted to keep them because they were such ill fakes. You know what I mean? Like it was so good. Nah, man, I've been really, it's, it's, it, I've been very blessed to not have any fake shoes. I've, I've seen some, you know, going to China and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, nah, I've been, I've been lucky, man. Ben, before we go, you know, you recently, a couple months ago, I should say, uh, more than a couple months ago, I think you posted new pair of Yeezys and the Dior Jordan ones. And maybe those packages came at the same time. Is there anything in you that is like, I'm getting back into it. I'm just going to, you know, you said you had 31 pairs currently. Is there still that hunger at all to be like, I'm going back, I'm getting classics, and I'm going to get all the new releases or finito? Okay, so when the Chunky Monkey Dunks came out, I hit up uh, Dom. Okay. And I was like, bro, how are you going to send, I don't know if it was Bun B, I forgot who it was. was How do you go? He's, He's like, bro, you didn't ask me. And I was like, all right, Dom, all right, Dom cool. from Brooklyn Projects. Yes, Dom from Brooklyn Projects. So if if I would have asked him, he would have took care of me. But whatever, there's probably somebody else I could have reached out to to SB. But that was like I didn't go too far for it, right? The Grateful Dead's came out, mm-hmm. and I like them, and I like the color. That's so that's the most thing that I like about the you know the, the and and uh I I I kind of did a little reach out for that too, right? And I didn't go too hard. And then I thought about it. I went through my closet just yesterday, not by coincidence of being on the show. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, how do I get down to 12, 15 pairs? I got pairs that are dead stock here and there and whatever. And I'm just trying to think about it. But like, I, I will say like the Quantums, the, those Yeezy basketball shoes, mm-hmm. I actually like those yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like them a lot. I like the way they look. I like the way they feel. They're dope shoes. As far as new stuff, you know, it's tough to say. You know, I got those uh, off-white sales. Um, they're a gift. So it's like, who doesn't take a free gift, you know, and... and they were. Um, I had my hundredth episode of my Behind the Baller podcast, and a lot of people sent things, and that was one of the things they sent. So like, I haven't gone on like shoe game or mm-hmm. nice kicks or um, sneaker news, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't been on any of those those sites to check like what new releases are coming out. Me neither. But um, no, I mean in, in short, no. But you know, like obviously, I I want to be kind of fresh, but. You know, they released us, uh, the, 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 I forgot what year it was. Was it last year or two years ago? They did the, the Air Force One Cocoa Snakes. Yeah. I had, to, I yeah. had to get those. With bro. the socks. I had to get those. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a couple things from, you know, nostalgic wise. Like, if they, I know Ronnie, he re released the, uh, the Air Force Linen ones. Yeah. Yes. I, I slept on that and I wish I didn't. But the thing is, like, the only reason I look at StockX to see what Ben Baller products are going for, like my money counter and slides and stuff like that. But, like, um, once in a while, you'll see things, right? And uh, the reason why I brought up those Tinker uh, Oregon 3s was I was supposed to get a pair for free because Bull Bull, it's like my nephew. He's killing it right now. Go Ducks. Killing it. Yeah. I've known this kid since he was 13 years old. And um, he's my boy. And he was at Oregon. He was supposed to give me a pair. And I didn't want to bug him like crazy, but I asked him three times. Like, yo, dude, I got you. I can't. He was telling me why he couldn't give me the shoes because there was a really strict situation. And um, I went and saw him, you know, on StockX. And they wanted like eight G's or something. I was like, nah, dog, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, if there were two, I might have hype beast bottom. <laughs> but they would have been justified because they were never available retail, right? So it's kind of like, you know. But uh, nah, man, you know, Joe, dude, I think uh, I think I'm always gonna just look at shoes and browse in them. You know, I'll never wear like high fashion shoes unless they're sandals. Like you know, like I bought some Gucci slippers yesterday. Like some like they look like old man's, you know, like crossover slides. I bought some of those, but like. I would never do that, meaning I would never go wear Louis Vuitton sneakers or go wear like, like I remember when Chris Louboutin shoes came out for men and, and 
I'm embarrassed that I had, you know, early on, you know, I, I remember having him I'm like, oh man, this is, this ain't me, dude. Like, what am I doing? I, I think, I think vans are always going to be in my life. And then one, we got to talk about, I know I said this, the, I know. And then I'm going to get you out of here. The G Dragon Air Force One. Backstory, when we shot G Dragon for the cover, you were on that shoot because you were yeah. friends with him for Complex. Yeah. Ben, you were on that shoot. How is it to see him get his own Air Force One? Personally, one of my favorite shoes. Of, Joe's obsessed with that shoe. I love I love that sneaker. Yeah. I, I peeled it off. I beat it. I think it looks better worn. How is that for you with so much history in the sneaker game and then someone who you've been close with before a lot of Americans even knew who he was? Man, bro, I, 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 I would want to say that I'm one of the two people that brought him to America. And when I say brought, I don't mean physically on a plane or like tell him to come here. I'm talking about bringing him to Complex to get the interview done. Yes. Introducing him to Tyler, introducing him to a lot of people in America, introducing him to Jay Lorenzo even, introducing him to a lot of people in America that didn't know who he was. And then next thing you know, you know, because uh, um, his, his style and everything, I knew the moment I met G-Dragon, I was like, this dude's style is fucking lit. Yep. Like, I wish I was a little skinny 5'8", you know, Korean dude who can, you know, get a facial every day and get, you know, my nails done and da 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 whatever. He's just, he just, you know, he, but he worked very, very hard. He has did not came from money or nothing. And not even just Nike. I mean, this dude became, you know, Carl Lagerfeld's like one of his, you know, his, his favorite fashion people. And, you know, he's, he's touched on everything. I brought him to Flight Club for the first time ever, the one in New York, you know, okay. in downtown. And um, we go there, and he bought snakeskin Jordan 11 lows. Okay. You know, and um, he bought uh, bread sixes that the air unit cracked because, you know, they weren't even out yet. But he would always draw on shit, mm -hmm. markers and things like that, whatever. And, you know, and um, when they came out, it was so funny because, oh, man, I'm a weird dude. You know, like, I, I, <laughs> I, I get into, like, really uh, – I get into my feelings and all, like mm – -hmm. I'll unfollow somebody and follow them, blah, blah, whatever. And so, like, I unfollow G-Drag and all that stuff and everything. And Shit. I think for his personal page, he only followed, like, you know, like 30, 40 people. And I was one of them. And, and I don't even know what it was. It was something stupid. And I knew he knew when I tried to request him again, you know, on the private page. <laughs> he's probably like, man, fucking Ben, dude. Why you got to be such a dick, you know? And, like, yeah. when I gave Uzi his Marilyn Manson chain, it wasn't just like a – I mean – but I presented it at Coachella in front of 50,000 people. I have the Marilyn Manson chain boom. And if you see, if you Google it, I mean, it is an enormous crowd. I'm giving it to Uzi, and I'm wearing a Peace Minus One t-shirt that you'd only get if you're a dancer or a family member of YG, you know, his, his record label. Mm -hmm. And I remember I sent him the picture, and he said, OMG, like, I know you didn't have to do that. And... As big as he is in the pop, in the, the K-pop world in Asia and everything else, of course you want to be accepted by all the cool rappers in America and everything else. And mm -hmm. at that time, Uzi was fucking lit. Like this is yep. the beginning of him being yep. enormous. Yep. And you know, there's, there's, I'm on stage with me, him, Playboy Cardi, and you know he's hearing my name here and there, and he's like, "All right, man." He's like, "Ben still figured out a way to fucking stay relevant in the culture, being, being an old man." And the word is Ajushi, like an old man. Ajushi is like he's like, he's like that's fucking Ajushi. Ben is like still killing it. Boom. All right, cool. So we, we, we repaired the relationship then. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of like, cool. Then he went to the army. Yep. And then when he came out, as soon as I heard about the shoe, I heard that there was three versions, right? Mm -hmm. 
I, you can't just give me. I don't care. I, I don't want just the eighty-eight. I need all three, dude. You know what I mean? And yep. I don't care yep. if there's a GR pair coming yep. to Shoe Palace. I want all three from you, dog. Yes. Stop playing with me, bro. I brought you to your first strip club in New York. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, he sent me the the um, one eighty-eight, and the box is like. You know, you could put like a stereo amp in there. It's so big and there's flowers and all kinds of shit in it and everything. And just um, even the bag and just seeing it say, just do it in Nike in Korean. And just like, I was really, really proud, especially the way I know how he is with detail and everything. Just all the shit that came with it was awesome. Even the hang tag that came on it. And then it, it was a yellow and it says family. And it's and then he wrote in his, you know, he has a very distinct writing, his, his autograph, his tag. And he put Ben Baller and I was happy to get it. That's one shoe I'm not gonna barter for, or I'm not gonna sell it. I'll get, you know, I got, got the Dior's are gone, whatever. That's something that's gotta stay because that was a Korean thing. It meant something to me. And then the the, the red pair, the, the red swoosh, I've worn maybe once or twice. But the 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 white pair, Joe, I actually bought a pair from Riff, and Mayer recently showed how he got a tweezer, so yes. he took everything off. Bro, yep. I haven't got there yet. I like the way they look just cracked up. Mm-hmm. Now that I saw his, because I have two pairs, right? I have to do that. It's it, so sick. So cra- I, oh, I did. Man. I um, I kind of did it not to the mayor effect, but I did one side. Fire. It's the best. So sick. You got to show me how. Yeah, you got to show me how to do it. But yeah, but yeah, that was that was it. That was you know that was definitely very proud and happy for him. That's that's awesome. I think um, perfect place to end. Ben, thank you so much. This could have been three hours. You have so many. Great stories. Appreciate you taking the time. We could check you on the Behind the Baller podcast. Man, we may have to do part two. When we go to video on YouTube, you got to come back, Ben. This, this is like, we, we just, I know we just touched the surface, but stay safe. Can't wait to see you in LA when, when traveling is, is back and things like that. Bro, when everything is done, I will say that 15 or 20 pairs of the 32 pairs that I got are fire. It's enough to make it. a little show, but I think... Because of what you guys do, the man cave is yes. serious. So we can like shoot there and boom, and, and it'd be something. It'd be a vibe. Awesome, man. Great catching up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you all, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Peace. Our producer is David Matthews. Sophia Steiner-Evoy is our editor. Sound engineering and mixing done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Craig Clayton and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.